Placemakers is made possible by J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase is committed to expanding access to opportunity for all people and advancing economic growth in all places. Learn more about their global commitment by going to jpmorganchase.com. There's a guy in western Kansas who has seen disaster zones all over the world. And every time he visits another one, another hurricane, another earthquake, a flood or a war, it reminds him of his tiny hometown. We went to China after the bad earthquakes um, in 2008. Even in China, all the earthquake, in the, like, this is Greensburg. A bomb goes off in the Boston Marathon, you see, uh, I think, of Greensburg. Steve Hewitt is the former city administrator of Greensburg, a farming town of just 2,000 people. Somehow this job turned him into an expert on the extremes of human suffering. After a disaster strikes, Steve is someone people turn to for advice on how to bounce back. We've been everywhere to try to talk about, you got to plan, you got you to gotta work, you got to think long term. I've learned a lot from other, other cities. You know, we all have to help each other. I mean, this is the, if we're going to be successful, this, this is not just our little idea. Steve's little idea was to rebuild after a particularly cataclysmic event with all green technology. And now people around the world want to know how he turned a disaster story into a model of environmentalism. I'm Rebecca Shear, and from Slate Magazine, this is Placemakers, stories about the spaces we inhabit and the people who shape them. Today, a town is nearly wiped off the map, and city leaders try to coax people back by rebuilding in a completely different way, all under the glare of national attention. Placemakers producer Diana Douglas traveled to Greensburg, Kansas, and brings us the story. On May 4, 2007, Greensburg, Kansas was doing fine. It had a courthouse, a grain elevator, a high school with a basketball team. Near the highway, it had a little museum over the world's largest hand-dug well. Well, it was a Friday night. It was a typical school night in the spring. We had school during the day. We had a track meet. Darren Hedrick was with his friend Randy that night when the tornado sirens went off. Those sirens go off a lot in this part of the country, so people wandered down to their basements. Cassie Kirby was at home with her husband and four-year-old daughter. The sirens continued for quite some time. I think it was about 20 minutes, so I actually went upstairs a couple times and grabbed a couple like photo albums and things off the wall. The National Weather Service has confirmed a large tornado on the ground, so we really urge you to move to shelter. Her neighbor, Steve Hewitt, says the best time in Kansas to see your neighbors is when the tornado sirens go off. People will come sit on their porches to watch tornadoes spin in the distance. But this one was different. He went down to his basement and crouched under the stairs. I held my son, my wife held the dog, and we rode this thing out. We could hear literally screeching the, the nail, the big nails and the boards, things being pulled apart. Just a lot of, it, it was very scary. I really felt like we probably, you know, this was the end. This is how we're going to die, you know. Came out when things were done. I looked up the stairs. I saw a sky kind of a open. I was like, oh, goodness, it, it knocked the back door off. I walk up there, and there's no house left. And there's no house to my neighbors. There's no house to left or right. The one that was right next to Randy on the other side was a slab house, no basement. And there was a mother and a baby there. So we were trying to dig her out. And pretty soon we 
with their little foot. And so we kept digging and got the little, little boy out. And we kept digging and we got her out. She was bruised up pretty good, but she was protecting him. 11 people died that night. You might remember this disaster. It was an EF5, the strongest tornado possible. Basically, every building and house in Greensburg was rubble. Brick, cement, didn't matter. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, rolled in and took everyone to a temporary shelter in a nearby town. The whole town under one roof, eating cold sandwiches out of paper bags and telling stories about surviving the tornado. That next morning, right after the tornado, um, somebody had to go talk to the media. We had national media there. And I knew right away that I didn't want to be that typical rural American goofball that's on there that looks like a joke on TV. I mean, I wanted to portray, hey, this is a serious situation, um, but we're professional. We're going to figure it out. We're going to clean it up. We're going to rebuild. It was also, hey, we're going to need some help. Steve Hewitt wanted to get this message not only to the whole country, but to his neighbors. Their losses began to sink in. Shock and adrenaline were giving way to despair. FEMA gave every resident a temporary trailer in a field outside of town. Gawkers came, and looters came to pick through the rubble of Greensburg. Volunteers came, too, and people all over the country sent care packages. People would bring um, bring things to the school to try to help that we couldn't really always deal with too well, like, um, say, encyclopedias that were 30 years old. President George W. Bush stopped by and hugged people, and the governor of Kansas at the time, Kathleen Sebelius, met with Steve Hewitt. Governor Sebelius asked me, what's the plan, Steve? We started talking about building smart, building better, building for the future, building for next generation. We kept talking about that. And she goes, you're, you're going to build it green. And I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. That's exactly what we're doing. We're going to be smart, green. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to do the right thing. And so went out to a press conference with her. She goes, I just got done meeting with, with uh, the city of Greensburg representatives, and they've committed to build this community back green. And I stood there and said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just all of a sudden, that gained a lot of energy. Think back to 2007 and people's interest in green building. Bamboo floors, compost bins, LED lights were suddenly becoming not just something that hippies and Hollywood stars did, but that anyone could do. Suddenly, everything was going green, from NASCAR races to baseball parks. When Steve Hewitt said on television that Greensburg would rebuild bigger, better, and greener, people and corporations all over the country perked up and started offering to help. I'm not a marketing major. I'm, I'm not any kind of guru when it comes to that. But I will say that you do have to brand your community and you got to have an identity. And immediately it became very clear this is a great thing. will be something that, that rural Kansas has not even thought about. And it just it was like this momentum engine, just momentum just kept growing and growing. Hewitt wanted the city council to pass a resolution that every new building in town would be certified LEED Platinum. That's L-E-E-D, Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. Building projects earn points to achieve different levels of LEED certification, silver, gold, and platinum. Platinum certification is really tough, and going for that would prove to everyone that they were serious about environmentally friendly building, and not just 
almost greenwashing a building boom. Hewitt had some convincing to do. There's a lot of people. There's still people today probably will tell you, just get out of the way, go fast, build it quick, don't mess with building permits, don't mess with green, just get it built up and get your life back normal. Well, guess what? Life was never going to be normal again. This is a very conservative part of the country, so the end of normal wasn't all it took to persuade people in Greensburg. Anything that smelled liberal was out. Hewitt appealed purely to the practical side of his fellow Kansans, the energy savings and the tax breaks. And one more thing helped as he talked up this idea, the community's deep Christian faith. There is this concept of stewardship that, you know, is preached in the churches, and it, it It's an ethic that a lot of the people out here have. And I don't see that that's that far from the tree-hugging hippies. It just takes on a different appearance. That's Tim Lenz, an electrical engineer in Wichita. There's this idea of creation care, if you haven't been in a megachurch in a while. It's the belief that God created the earth, and humankind has a duty to care for it. I grew up with a great respect for the environment. But I'm far from a left-leaning person. I'm your typical Midwestern, conservative, you know, Republican voting guy. Steve Hewitt knows all about it. My grandpa, he'd tear a building down. He'd save every scrap piece of wood. Every, he'd straighten nails that were bent. He, 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 we might eat them someday. Don't need to waste anything. Why would we waste anything? Put food in your plate. Eat it. Don't waste it. You know, those kind of, we just, back, back to some basic values and common sense. And then utilize technology, because we've learned a lot since then. Somehow, Hewitt's arguments won over the farmers and gas pipeline workers and retirees of Greensburg. The city council passed the resolution. Any building built with public money had to be done at LEED Platinum standards. And then national corporations started investing in Greensburg, maybe looking for a green glow from association with this scrappy little town on the plains. A film crew started following Steve Hewitt and others around for a documentary about creating a green utopia. The executive producer, Leonardo DiCaprio. They interviewed dozens of people in Greensburg. Some railed against the green boondoggle to the cameras, saying it wasn't the right fit for a town in extremis. This whole green idea, it doesn't mean much to me, to be honest. I think the most important thing is to let people do whatever it takes to get back into town instead of fighting so hard for the green. If somebody come up to me and say, you're an idiot. Why are we doing this? You're killing the town, you know, and then the, you know, and those those second thoughts, second guessing thoughts. But, you know, I, and again, you just got to go with it and deal with it. But I don't forget those conversations. Every person in town had to decide whether to stay and rebuild their house or cut their losses and move. In the first couple of years after the tornado, Greensburg had no stores, no jobs, nothing. People were under incredible stress. The mayor quit. I remember getting sick. I was working so much, just physically just breaking down. And I don't forget those things either. Living in a FEMA trailer for a number, a couple of years and, you know, um, no running water and having the same, losing all my, all my belongings and basically becoming homeless for a number, you know, 
My wife didn't see me for the first week, except on television when I'm giving press conferences. Hewitt and his wife took a break from their trailer in 2008 and went to Washington, D.C. They were guests of Laura Bush during the State of the Union address. Greensburg had been the first major disaster since the government had bungled the response to Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. A lot of people in the administration of President George W. Bush wanted to get Greensburg's recovery right. Hundreds of millions of dollars came their way, and they used it to build the highest concentration of lead buildings per capita in the world. Getting a building certified as lead platinum is no small commitment. To reach that level, you have to hit a massive number of criteria set by the U.S. Green Building Council. After the break, the folks in Greensburg find out just what they've signed up for. Hey, I'm Brian Babylon. Placemakers is made possible by J.P. Morgan Chase. Economic recovery is no easy task. In many cities, incomes are shrinking and families and communities are struggling. J.P. Morgan Chase is committed to helping solve the problem. J.P. Morgan Chase is deploying $1 billion towards programs focused on expanding access to opportunities and advancing economic growth around the world. In New Orleans, J.P. Morgan Chase is making a difference by collaborating with many local organizations. Greg Rattler, a relationship executive in J.P. Morgan Chase's commercial bank unit, explains some of the most important and impactful collaborations. The city had designated several neighborhoods, uh, prominent neighborhoods within the city of New Orleans, Central City and Treme, to name two. Uh, we have been very active in collaborating with organizations around skills building uh, for youth. We call them Opportunity Youth. We've also invested in bioinnovation, water resource management, which is obviously important to this part of the state. We continue to invest in small business incubators and other organizations that are attempting to promote and to spur additional investment and job growth in the small business segment. J.P. Morgan Chase is focused on helping all communities. Learn more by going to jpmorganchase.com. From Slate Magazine, it's Placemakers. I'm Rebecca Shear. When we left off, we were talking about one town's decision to rebuild after a natural disaster and to do it in the most energy-efficient way possible. Right away, the world noticed. I think about, I think about Greensburg, Kansas. A town that was completely destroyed by a tornado, but is being rebuilt by its residents as a global example of how clean energy can power an entire community. That's President Barack Obama in 2009. How it can bring jobs and businesses to a place where piles of bricks and rubble once lay. The tragedy was terrible, said one of the men who helped them rebuild. But the folks here know that it also provided an incredible opportunity. The tornado happened nearly a decade ago. So what's Greensburg like today? We'll head back there now with Placemakers producer Diana Douglas. 
Greensburg gets visitors from all over the world, curious about the little town that embraced environmentalism with its whole heart. They can tour the Sun Chips Business Incubator on Main Street, the Arts Center down the street, built by the University of Kansas. These were the first and second lead platinum buildings in Kansas. And then the John Deere Tractor Dealership and City Hall and more downtown shops, all lead platinum certified. Locals used to lead tours through the dozens of lead platinum buildings for a few bucks, but interest has slowed recently. Personally, I found walking through the buildings in Greensburg wonderful. Darren Hedrick showed me around the new school. He's superintendent and has 300 kids here from all over the county, ages pre-K through high school. The lockers are all recycled plastic, milk jugs, pop bottles. They're big. Yeah, you you can get two freshmen in them, I think. This new school cost $44 million, money from FEMA, insurance, and donations. The school it replaced was 100 years old. The building is quiet. There's no AC blowing. It smells fresh because the paints and carpets can't have that heavy chemical smell. And most of the light is natural. Like in Hedrick's office, it has floor-to-ceiling windows. I enjoy the day. Whether it's a rainy day, a cold day, a windy day, I enjoy the day because I'm a part of it. I'm not in a cubicle with no windows, not knowing what's going on outside. The school uses about a quarter of the energy that most public schools use. A wind turbine spins furiously behind the varsity football field. The whole town is powered by wind energy, so wind turbines are everywhere. It's like they replaced the trees, which haven't really grown back since the tornado. The buildings in Greensburg reuse rainwater. Some have a carpeting of plants on the roof. They have geothermal heating and cooling. They're built with recycled wood and bricks. There's no light pollution at night, no blocking out the stars with big lights in the parking lots. It wasn't easy to get to this point, at least for the building contractors. They hadn't been trained in how to build to lead standards before the tornado hit. Here's electrical engineer Tim Lenz. I'm really in Greensburg. It was our first real experience. You know, we'd heard the concepts, we we talked about it. Um, the cost of lead scared people. Lenz's firm worked on rebuilding the John Deere tractor dealership, some downtown storefronts, city hall, a courthouse, a sheriff's office, and jail. Our normal design practices really got us to about a silver level as far as lead goes. But to get the gold and the platinum level took some extra effort. For instance, they couldn't throw away packing materials when parts were shipped to the site. They had to drive them to Wichita for recycling. They took concrete debris that was left over from the tornado and pulverized it into a gravel parking lot or a sub-base for the pavement. It was a major change in how builders normally worked. Some couldn't do it, and they had to sit out the post-tornado construction boom in western Kansas. For Darren Hedrick, the extra work to get to lead platinum paid off, not only in lower electricity bills, but in psychological ways for the town. The county population was declining. The number of businesses on Main Street was declining. It was a typical rural community dying a very slow death. And if we built something back just the way that it was prior to the tornado, Really, our future was already predestined for us. But Darren Hedrick and his wife are moving away to Wichita for work. The governor of Kansas keeps cutting school funding, and Hedrick doesn't think his job in a small town is safe. Steve Hewitt and his family moved away, too, in 2011. He won national awards like Municipal Leader of the Year and Public Official of the Year for his handling of the Greensburg rebuild. 
But things changed. The town elected another new mayor, three in as many years. I think he and Steve had divergent views on what was best for Greensburg. But people only insinuate such things in small towns. They certainly don't say them to reporters holding tape recorders. They are willing to say, however, that certain green ideas have failed. I walked through the business incubator with Greensburg's new city administrator, Kyler Ludwig. For him, the bathroom is exhibit A for the ironies of lead. One of the things that earns us points is a shower because it encourages people to ride their bikes to work and they can shower. Uh, And we live in such a small rural community, there's not a whole lot of people that the bike. I can I walk to work and and so I don't need to take a shower. The city still has to pay for upkeep of this shower. Ludwig also shut down the use of collected rainwater in the toilets here. It was brown and was staining the porcelain, he says. People kept flushing and flushing, not wanting to leave a brown toilet. And it's not just unintended waste that's a problem for Ludwig. It's everyday logistics. We go to the maintenance room. This is one of those buildings that when a problem happens, Typically, the problem ha- is happening on the computer. And, and so we, it's not like you can hire a handyman uh, from your town that knows how to fix something. When a problem happens, it's almost like you need an IT guy. When the heating or electricity in here go offline, Ludwig has to hire a technician from Wichita who will charge at least $1,000 to make that long drive. We head outside to look at the system that was built to collect rainwater. Now they're just deep planter boxes in the sidewalk full of dirt. It didn't rain enough in Greensburg to flush the system. We, we gave up on, on, the, on the cisterns here on Main Street. Uh, and it's something we've really learned is you can't just take a concept that works in Kansas City. You can't just take a concept that works on the East Coast. These green concepts really need to be something that works in your area based on your environment. One more thing. This is gross. But all the low-flow toilets in town mean the sewer system has too many solids, not enough water. So he has to unclog the city sewers. Steve Hewitt says Greensburg was a living laboratory. And sure, some environmentally friendly building techniques didn't work. You live and learn on some of that stuff. Greensburg doing it now allows these other communities to go out there, talk to Greensburg. What worked? What would you tweak today if you had a little, if you knew what you, you know, I only knew what I knew then, not, not what I know today, but that's okay. It had to happen. Hewitt's optimism is pretty powerful. He's the guy I would trust if my house were on fire. Of course he helped these beautiful, futuristic buildings rise out of the frozen ground, where the broken glass, wooden beams, pink insulation, and garbage was once 10 feet deep. So why did he move away? And why does he avoid visiting Greensburg now, even though he was born there? I feel like I should go back a lot more, and, but then again, they moved on. They don't need me, you know, and, and but go check it out. But then, oh, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't want to step on the mayor's toes. In all, the population of Greensburg is down to around 800 people, from 2,000 before the tornado. There just aren't enough jobs. They have tourism, sure. In fact, the town just built a new museum over the world's largest hand-dug well. The mayor's daughter, Stacy Barnes, is Greensburg's tourism director, and she showed me around. She has to explain a lot that this building is actually not LEED Platinum. You know, we have low-flow fixtures in the bathrooms, um, LED low-energy-use lighting. The heating and air conditioning unit is a very energy-efficient unit. 
a green roof was part of the original design of this building, but because of budget, that got cut out. And part of sustainability is being able to afford it. Barnes says building practices have changed so much since 2007 that it's easy to build green without needing LEED certification. Steve Hewitt can't hide his disappointment that the town is backing away from their pledge to build LEED Platinum. Why not? I don't know. Just didn't do it, I guess. You know, don't really have an answer. I don't think anybody had to save a couple hundred thousand dollars in the scheme of a lifetime, the next hundred years, what's a couple hundred thousand dollars? Nothing really. Greensburg also just opened a swimming pool. A few environmentalists in the area wanted it to be chlorine-free, a pilot for sustainable pools. But no. The environmental initiatives in Greensburg these days are painless. They're starting a bike share. The city code now allows people to raise chickens in backyards. Everyone plants trees on Arbor Day. Town leaders are looking for ways to bring new jobs into Greensburg, and they're trying to help people who are still traumatized from the tornado, coping with losing their homes and their neighborhoods and all the places where they had built a lifetime of memories. It's a lot to ask from a struggling little town in Kansas to also be the symbol of lead building forevermore. That was the single biggest decision, best decision that community ever made was to rebuild green. And even the challenges and the costs, it costs 10 or 20, 30 percent more now. It's, it's going to save you many, many more dollars long term. Steve Hewitt shared this message after the earthquake in China. This is what he said to leaders in Joplin, Missouri, after another EF5 tornado and to flooded Gulf Coast towns. And he'll keep sharing it since the disasters keep coming. Almost nine years after the sky went dark in Greensburg and a tornado leveled the town, things went dark again. But this time it was inside City Hall on February 29th, 2016. Leap year. The computer that runs the electrical system didn't recognize the date. No one could turn on the lights, so the folks who run Greensburg went out and bought plug-in lights so they could do their jobs. Just goes to show you, when it comes to real life in a real, rural, small town... It isn't necessarily easy being green. Our story today was reported by Diana Douglas. Placemakers is a production of Slate Magazine and is produced by Mia Lobel, Diana Douglas, and Michael Volo, and edited by Julia Barton. Our researcher is Matthew Schwartz. Eric Shimalonis does our mixing and musical scoring. Our theme was composed by Robin Hilton. Steve Lichtai is our executive producer. I'm Rebecca Shear. For more information about today's show and other episodes of Placemakers, go to slate.com slash placemakers. You can drop us a line at placemakers at slate.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Slate Placemaker. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a review or rating on iTunes. It really does help. Coming up next time on Placemakers... Want to know the legalities of how to live on a property without paying for it? A guy in Oakland, California can tell you a thing or two. Obviously it is crazy because I wanted to be a musician. I did not want to become a legal professional. And actually being a legal professional would be the last thing I'd want to do given that I started out as an, as an anti-authoritarian. We'll meet a squatter whose goals are much bigger than getting a house for free. Because this guy wants to change the world.
I don't know if Mr. Hedrick told you the story about hanging up on the White House one day when <laughs> we were having a staff meeting and his phone kept ringing and he handed it to one of the teachers and told her to just tell him to quit calling because we're trying to have a meeting. And <laughs> Hey guys, yep, I'm still here. Those of you still around, I want to ask you a small favor. Here at Placemakers, we want to learn more about you, our listeners, and your opinions. We know you guys have strong opinions, so we created a quick survey that we'd love for you to take. If you fill it out, you'll automatically be entered for a chance to win a $150 Amazon gift card. And you'll be helping us continue to create content that makes your ears and your brain happy. To fill out the survey, go to slate.com slash survey2. That's slate.com slash survey2. Thank you.